It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. Um, child care. Child care is the bane of my existence. It is so hard to find child care, and I see so many women out there. Uh, asking friends and family, what, what did you do for childcare? What do I do? How do I, how do I do this? I got to go back to work. I've had multiple people reach out to me because they know I host this show and see if I have any leads. So childcare is something that has, is really hard and it stresses a lot of people out, especially women. And, uh, I will get on my soapbox for a little bit and say, I don't think it should be a women's issue. If you have a partner, you should both be figuring out how childcare works, but nonetheless, it often falls on the shoulders of women. So we're going to talk about it today with a state representative who represents portions of Salt Lake City over in the Kearns area. She has a bill to expand the child care subsidy in the state of Utah. So the amount of people who qualify now to get money from the state to pay their child care providers. So joining me now, Ashley Matthews, representative, thank you so much for joining me. You bet. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay, perfect. So what a subsidy does is what I just explained, right? It ta- The state allocates some money in order to pay child care providers directly to help offset the cost of child care, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. So how much... How do you qualify? Because there are certain thresholds you have to meet. How do you qualify for said subsidy? Sure. Well, pre-HB 277, families that made up to 60% of the state median income, which I know is kind of a weird, vague uh, (laughs) description, um, but it does vary based on the number of people in your household. Um, So people that made up to 60% of the state median income qualified for 100% subsidy, meaning the Office of Child Care would pay your child care provider directly so that you could leave your kid there and uh, and go to work and, and do what you had to do. So um, once HB 277 is signed by the governor and it goes into law, um, what, what will happen is we're just going to expand that up to people that make up to 85% of the state median income. <clears throat> And it will be done on a sliding scale. So there's not that cliff effect of, you know, people that qualify and the people that don't qualify. It's you'll qualify for 100% if you're on the lower end of um, of the income um, eligibility. And then it'll gradually taper off um, as you get up to that 85% mark. So Okay, yeah, because what would happen is a lot of people making that 60% of the state median income, which the state median income... Uh, now is up to about 65-ish thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the where you would qualify if you made more than that. You're saying this bill would now uh, allow you to qualify up to a certain amount. But um, if you got a raise within that time, you'd get a raise and you're like, cool, I got a raise, but your raise would kick you off the <laughs> eligibility for the subsidy. And then but your raise wasn't as much as you were getting in childcare. So you're like, cool, thanks for the raise, but I don't really want it because then I can't afford childcare. Exactly. That's exactly what we're seeing. And especially as people are 
you know, trying to bounce back from the pandemic and being unemployed and underemployed. And as you kind of alluded to before, particularly women who have been displaced from, from the, the workplace, we, we need to know that, that these spaces are here and that we can, we can leave our kids there and that they're safe and that they're healthy, um, but also that they're not going to eat up our entire income because that's when it, it kind of becomes a, you know, comes out in the wash. So, um, yeah, we're really excited about it. We've modeled it after the military child care subsidy. So we know that it's efficient and we know that it works because it's the way that they've done it for years and years and years. And uh, and hopefully it will help people who are just that have been teetering, you know, right on the edge of falling into poverty and helping them to keep their feet underneath them so that they can get restabilized and get settled in and, and you know, eventually taper off of this um after, after this program, so. Yeah, so let me ask you a couple of questions along this line. So, um, you know, $65,000 for a family of four is not very much income. This does really help those lower income families, which it should. But what do we do for other families who need childcare? Like childcare is not socioeconomic. Like <laughs> maybe, maybe those more affluent families can afford different ways of childcare. And certainly we should be helping those lower income people. But do you think we need a little bit more, more people who qualify for state help? I, that is something that, Personally, yes, that is something that I think we should do. Um, but because this program is funded by federal dollars, um, HB 277 just expands so that we are meeting those federal thresholds. So if we were to offer these programs to families that made more than that 85%, that's when the state would have to step in and, and invest um, in this program. And I Unfortunately, I don't know if if we're there yet, if we have that support. Um, obviously okay, but the... let's talk about that for a second, because why don't we have that support? Because, you know, the state legislature just put in a budget of $121 billion, and we, we funded education, and we funded affordable housing, and we funded tax cuts, and we, we funded trails and parks, all good things. But why is childcare not on that list? <laughs> I really wish that I had an answer for that question. I don't. I think part of it is, um, I don't know if everybody necessarily sees the tangible benefit in it. You and I know that it's real, right? If, if you don't have somewhere to put your kids so you can go to work, you you aren't making money, so you aren't spending money, you aren't you know, helping the economy, you aren't building towards your pension or your retirement or anything like that. And, and so it's, it's very real for, for people like us that are kind of boots on the ground doing it. But I, I think higher level, I think it's gonna take um, more data and more research and just more you know, numbers and pie graphs or whatever it takes to show them, you know, how much of a benefit is not just to working families and to the development of children, um, you know, in early education, but I think um, just to show how much it contributes to the economy. The childcare sector very much is a, a, a cornerstone um, to our economy. So, well, and this may be a philosophical debate more so than a policy debate, but sometimes I wish that we could 
help from the the ground level up, like this is my sort of thought, and this may be too socialist for some people, but like <laughs> if we if we fund families, right, if we help workers with making their home lives easier in the form of child care payments in some way, whether it's, you know, we're working on cash payments, child care tax credits, all of that, you know, fine, we'll take it in a lump sum instead of a subsidy. I'm okay with that. But um or in a monthly payment instead of a subsidy. But if we make home life easier for families, don't you think they would be more productive workers, like you saying, thus make more money in the form of income for the state? Like, and like maybe that's not the goal. Maybe we are, but it is it not the goal for some legislators, <laughs> right? Is to like increase revenue, right? So yep. I just feel like we kind of have it backwards. It's like, yes, all of those policies that we funded this year, the state legislature are good and we need some of them, but it seems like our priorities are a little bit shifted in that we're not funding the, the workers. We're not funding people to make their lives easier in order to then go produce money for the state. Yeah. No, I, I <laughs> agree with you 1 million percent. I think part of, th there aren't a lot of silver linings to the pandemic, but I will say that a lot of the things that working families have been struggling with and fighting for for decades have finally been brought up to the forefront because, because they weren't just low-income family issues. It became issues for everybody, right? So everything's closed down. People still had to go to work. Essential workers had to get up and start grocery sell shelves and, you know, teach kids and things like that. And so when all of these spaces weren't there, these daycare, childcare spaces weren't there, I think that's everybody realized how important they were. So I, I really think that it kind of showed people how important it was. And I think that's part of the reason why this bill was received um, in, so positively this last session. I don't know if this same bill would have been received as well as it had um, if I, if I presented it, you know, two or three years ago. So that's insane to me, Representative Matthews. Like how, how do we not think that funding like, like, I, I guess it's just a fundamental belief that the government's job isn't there to, you know, fund people, right? And like, I, I agree with that to a certain extent. But at the same time, like, don't you think we could, again, make that home life easier for people so we could go out and be more productive workers? Yeah, no, I agree. We, we definitely need to shift the mindset. So it's not seen as much of a of a cost or a subsidy and it's seen as more of an investment because that's exactly what it is. Investing in kids, investing in their early development, investing in workers and uh, you know everybody wins. Kids win, teachers win, employers win, employees win. So I, I, we definitely have a lot of work to do. But I know, I think I'm sure I'm preaching to the, right the choir direction. here, but <laughs> yeah. So here's my other question before we take a break and we'll come back with Representative Ashley Matthews and talk a little bit more about her um, child care bill uh, to help expand the uh, eligibility for those who qualify for a state subsidy on their child care. Um, so you mentioned that this subsidy is being funded by federal dollars. We are getting seven to eight billion more federal dollars uh, coming from the federal government. Now, part of that is going to stimulus money. Part of that is going to the state. Part of that is going to local governments. 
Uh, and then in addition, we're getting money for schools. So the state has some decisions to make with whether they invest that money in some short-term pandemic relief or more long-term projects like infrastructure. And again, not arguing that those things are not important, but again, do you have any insight into what we plan to do with some of that money? And do you think it could go towards helping people with childcare? I am not privy to that information as of yet. I, uh, I think I'm sure that there are people that were kind of planning on it. So we had kind of a contingency plan for if this money were to be approved. And I'm sure, you know, there's a there's a short list of of places where this will be allocated. But uh, as of right now, I'm I'm not sure where that is personally. Yeah, I don't know either. But it would it's going to be interesting to watch what the state does do with that money. Representative Ashley Matthews, she's a Salt Lake City representative. Her uh, bill, again, expands the eligibility for uh, people who qualify in the state for a child care subsidy. We'll take a break more on The Mom Show and talk about it when we come back. Back inside The Mom Show. Dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining having a fascinating conversation about child care in the state of Utah, the options for which are slim pickings out there. Uh, joining me now, a state representative who has uh, just passed a bill, got her bill passed through the state legislature to increase the swath of people who now qualify for some form of state subsidy for child care. That means the state will directly pay your child care provider if you make uh, with her bill it's now up to about $65,000 a year for a family of four it all depends on how many kids you have how much money you make as in terms of how much money you qualify from the state so representative Ashley Matthews from Salt Lake City thank you for joining me on the mom show where you been? I'm glad to be here. Okay, so you just expanded um, for two years of eligibility this state subsidy. Talk to me about um, how many families you think this will impact. I honestly, I wish that I had that number for you. We uh, we tried to guesstimate um, based on you know previous numbers and things like that, but with the pandemic, um, when everything started, they they did open up eligibility um, early on in the pandemic with the first wave of additional federal funding they received. But with that, there were also a lot of families that fell off of this program because they were no longer employed or, you know, what, what have you. So we, we have approximates, but, but I unfortunately don't have an exact number, which we will, of course, (laughs) in the end of two years, we'll know how many people we were able to, to help. And tell me this, why does the state do it this way where you qualify based on the percentage of the median household income? Why don't we just do a flat rate where it's like, okay, you make 65000 you qualify for this much, just make it easier or simpler? Well, that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of um, how they kind of figured out the, the different formulas, um, you know, who qualifies, who doesn't, how much you qualify, so on and so forth. It's it's based off of the federal standards. Since the money that they receive is federal money, we do have to kind of follow some federal federal guidelines for that. So, um, And that's always been that way. It hasn't changed since your bill is being put into place. Correct. Correct. Okay. Well, we're getting more federal money. Do you think any of that's going to go to child care? 
I certainly hope so. I, I can't think of a better place for it to go. Yeah, it would be really interesting if we just kind of helped families in that way. Can you talk to me about um, how how much childcare there is out there? Because I hear all of these um, statistics about how there are not enough daycare places in the state of Utah for the amount of kids who need it. No, 100%. Utah is actually considered a childcare desert, which is ironic considering, you know, we're kind of known for our big families and, you know, being the, the state of family values. So um, right now, and I, I wish I had these numbers off the top of my head, but I want to say there was like a 40% gap in the number of um, childcare facilities available, um, you know, the slots that are available and and the need. Obviously, the state dictates um, how many children a certain, certain provider can hold, how many teachers, um, or excuse me, how many students each teacher is allowed to have. And, um, and so I know that there's a lot of restrictions there. Um, but I think just the bigger picture kind of issue is just that it's not a very lucrative business people that are in the childcare industry are they do it because they care about kids and they want to help kids and not necessarily because they're <laughs> they're looking to be rich so um it's something that needs to be addressed it's something that I'm that I'm going to be working on for for the next session is is finding ways to encourage um you know people who are who are interested or dabbling in kind of smaller childcare you know, facilities and, and kind of expanding the number of kids that they can take. And, and I don't know. Yeah. It seems like you're fighting an uphill battle here. <laughs> like we're just, <laughs> it, it feels like you have to chip away at these little issues like mm-hmm. year after year, as opposed to overhauling the system and a belief in how this, the state could provide more money for families in the form of childcare. No, exactly. And that's, you know, my grandma used to tell me that all the time that that's the only way to eat an elephant is doing it by one bite at a time. And we knew, you know, when I was campaigning this summer, something that everybody in my district that I talked to, everybody had identified childcare and affordable childcare as an issue. And in some cases, it was a barrier for them going back to work, um, you know, after their kids were born and things like that. So it's something that we knew that we needed to work on. And so we've just taken this big giant elephant and we're just breaking it up into smaller bite-sized pieces so that, you know, eventually we can get more where we need to be. Now, does your new eligibility swath for uh, people who qualify for the state subsidy for child care, that also includes people who use just like a family member or a friend or a nanny, they can, those people can still qualify if they make certain amount of money, right? Um, as long as the child care provider is uh, licensed, th- licensed through the state. So, I mean, like my mom watches my boys. Um, so sh- if I were to qualify for this program, I couldn't just have the state pay my mom directly. There has to be someone who, you know, has uh, taken the the 10 hour annual class, somebody who has, you know, their food handlers permit and, you know, they've um, been inspected by the state to make sure that that the state is paying for kind of a high quality um, care center instead of just, you know, a neighbor or, or something like that, and which that's... not to say that they aren't also great providers, but, you know, it's just an extra um, safety 
issue, I guess. Yeah, and I understand that. We want, you want the the money where it's going to help to make sure those are safe and quality, you know, programs. Um, mm-hmm. You're not just giving it to a random Joe Schmo on the street. So I can understand kind of why those, why those stipulations are in place. But um, let me ask you this as we wrap up representative Ashley Matthews, do you think Utah has a um, daycare stigma in it? I, I would um, I hesitate to say that out loud because I, I don't, you know, want to be overly, uh, you know, negative in any way. But I, I know that as a working mom myself, I know how hard it is where no matter what you do, it's like exactly like you said, it's, it's stigmatized. I go to work. So, you know, people make comments about, you know, maybe I don't love my kids enough if I'm not going to stay home and be with them. And, you know, why would you pay somebody else to take care of your kids? It's because I'm the mom and that's my job. And so I know um, we could definitely work on that um, and, and understand that that they are just as important as, a you know, kindergarten or preschool. They're, you know, providing spaces for kids to socialize and work on their early development and, and learning so that they're more prepared when they go, you know, when they starting kindergarten. Um, but I, I personally, I feel like the, the daycare sector is, as I mentioned before, kind of a cornerstone of the economy. And I feel like it's really important that we're investing in these spaces because all the money that, that we are investing into our kids and into the childcare sector just only benefits everyone, the economy as a whole, employers, employees, parents, kids. And, uh, and I'm, I'm personally very grateful. Well, and a bigger issue I think you hit on is that um, men don't get that pressure. Like if men take all the time in the world to go to work and (laughs) make money, they don't get any sort of guilt that they're leaving their kids with someone else. Like they don't, they don't feel any of that pressure. So a message I think needs to be changed for sure. Representative Ashley Matthews of Salt Lake City. Thank you so much for taking the time to discuss your bill with me. Congratulations on getting it passed. And it sounds like you're going to help a handful more families out there in Utah with childcare. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll be back next week on the mom show.